Blog Talk Radio. Oye, mi gente, this is the Urban Hibaro, and you're tuned in to Radio Capicú, the first Latino talk show on the internet, on Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, mi gente? You are now listening to Blog Talk Radio. This is the Capicú Show. I am your host, George Torres, and this is an episodio de Thanksgiving. That's right, Thanksgiving episode. We're going to talk tonight about Thanksgiving and all different aspects and different dimensions, and we're going to have you guys call in. It's going to be a great night. Um, first of all, before we even get started, I want to let you know how you can connect with the show. Uh, the best thing to do is log into Blog Talk Radio, create an account. If you have an account already, refresh that avatar so people know who you are and join us in the chat room. Uh, hopefully we can get it live in there. The chat room hasn't been active the last couple of uh, times that we were on because of technical difficulties, but we are keeping it popping tonight. So we're definitely interested in having you in there so we can get questions. And uh, before we even uh, go into our topic for the night, I do want to introduce somebody very special. A couple of months ago, I have made a promise to the listeners of the Capicu Show, and the promise that I made was that we were going to get deeper integrated into our community. So I'm very happy to say we actually have one of our first listeners as a co-host of the show. And that person is no, is, you know her in the chat room as Fresa. And I'm welcome. Buenas noches, everybody. Welcome to the Capicu Show on the other side of the fence. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. I'm, I just feel so good. I mean, I can't believe, you know, however many years ago I started listening to Radio Capicu to be here as a co-producer for tonight's show. I'm so honored that you believed in me enough to let me do this. And I'm so excited about the topics we have going on today. I'm so excited about our guest speakers. They're going to be awesome. So, yes, good and excited and thinking a lot about Turkey. You're thinking a lot about Turkey. Well, we have a lot of turkey to talk about. <laughs> so tonight <laughs> exactly. we, have, we have a couple of special topics tonight. We have um, our good friend Bobby Gonzalez, who is an indigenous historian, is going to be talking about the controversial history of Thanksgiving. We'll also be getting some information about Thanksgiving recipes that you could probably remix tonight uh, by our friends Flora Montes and Yesenia Gomez. We're also going to have uh, Georgie Acevedo talking a little bit about the Black Friday controversy to open or not to open from a small business perspective. And then towards the end of the show, we're just going to talk about some of the upcoming events that are happening in our community circle. So, you know, we want to find out how different cultures cultures celebrate uh, Thanksgiving in America. We want to know, uh, for those of you who are not originally from America or not from uh United States, rather, uh, how do you celebrate? How does your family? What are the traditions that you have? And we ultimately want to know what you're grateful for. 
So I'm going to start with you, Vanessa. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful for so many things. I mean, when I take inventory of my life, I have family, friends. I love where I work. I got to work and got let out early at 1 o'clock today and got home safely. I'm definitely grateful for that. Um, I'm just grateful for everything my life has become because I've been on a journey to live my life on my own terms for about three years now. And I have finally gotten to the point after all that time where I can look around me and say that everything I spend my time on is about what my priorities are. And that is the thing I am most grateful for in my whole life, to be this age and spend my day doing what I believe in and what matters to me for my reasons. That's not a way I lived in the past. So I'm very happy about that. Well, I want to say that's, that's a great way to live your life. And I think I'm, I've been on the same type of journey for the last couple of months, so I can mm-hmm. definitely relate to that. Um, I want to say right now, I'm grateful for the people that are joining us in the chat room. I'm grateful for all the people that are DMing me all over the country that are joining us uh, from Cali. What's up, Liza? What's up, Leora? Liza's driving a really sexy Ford Mustang. Um, <laughs> Ooh. And... Uh, and and that's kind of interesting. Um, she's driving a Ford uh, a Ford Mustang uh, in Cali right now, on her way to a blogging event. But she's listening to us uh, via her iPhone. So that's right. You can listen via your iPhone and your iPad. So good stuff to know. So we are actually going to go into a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to Bobby Gonzalez about the controversial history of Thanksgiving. We want to talk about what's taught in school versus reality. We want to talk about today's significance. We want to talk about the significance to Latinos. Do we even celebrate? Do we own this holiday? And we want to talk about the different ways that we can celebrate. So with that said, let's get into the Thanksgiving spirit. What do you say? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Say something crazy. You ready? (laughs) Yes. Here we go. Llegó el pavo. Llegó el pavo!
lo veo, dime dónde está, tiene callejón, tiene colmadón, lo vieron bebiendo el malecón. Ay, 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 one, two, three, four, llegó el pavo. Mi gente, this is the Capicucho, and you're listening to Blog Talk Radio right now, live from New York City. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. I am George Torres. I am accompanied by the lovely Vanessa Acevedo. Hey. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Big shout out to everybody in the chat room. For those of you who are in the chat room and uh, and are using guest names, you could actually log into Blog Talk Radio, create a profile. And you could be part of our community here on Blog Talk Radio. Get reminders about future shows, etc. So I want to introduce somebody who's going to help us shed a little bit of light on the uh, on the history of. Hold on one second. Yeah. Okay. I'm having a little audio issue there. Um, we want to have somebody here that's going to shed some light on uh, the history of Thanksgiving, and he's somebody who is very well-versed in that. Uh, he is the author of Taino Zen and a bunch of other books. Uh, you could find more about him on his website, bobbygonzalez.com. We want to welcome the distinguished Bobby Gonzalez. Thank you, George. Glad to be on. Hello, Nessa. Hey, how you doing, Bobby? I'm so glad uh, you're on the show. Um, I'm glad to be in a nice, warm, dry place. Yes. Yes. And thank God we did not get snow today, right? I'm grateful uh, we for have that. A, we have a foot of it. One thing to be uh, thankful for. Yes. You have snow up in the Bronx? Uh, just a smidgen, you know, and but now it's being washed away. Mm-hmm. We had the same thing in Jersey. It started snowing. I thought it was going to be gridlock coming up here, but it all got washed away, and I got here nice and smooth. So like Bobby said, I'm so grateful for that. Wonderful. Absolutely. So, Bobby, we invited you here today, um, and you've been on the show before, um, so you're very familiar with Radio Capital. We like to, to shed some light on the real history of Thanksgiving. Because a lot of people have different interpretations of what Thanksgiving means to them. Some people do it for their families. 
Other people do it because it's tradition and that's all they know. Some people don't celebrate it because of the indigenous history. So we kind of want to get a, like a little historical context of what the real origins of the Thanksgiving holiday are. Okay, well, it goes back to those people called the pilgrims, but they didn't call themselves pilgrims. They called themselves saints, and everyone else in the world was strangers, all right? They were really a group among themselves, and they landed on Plymouth Rock in 1619, and many of them died because of cold and malnutrition, and they were so uh, desperate that they found uh, native burial sites and dug up the graves, and if the, um, the remains were wrapped in blankets, they would take the blankets to keep themselves warm. And if they found food offerings, they would uh, cook and eat the food that they found in the graves. Uh, I've conducted personal extensive research for many, many years, and I have found nothing uh, to collaborate the story of that so-called Thanksgiving feast between um, the pilgrims and uh, the Wampanoag. Um, that was in the character of the pilgrims anyway. Uh, they were very, very exclusive, kept to themselves. And the only, the first Thanksgiving that I found in historical accounts was in 1637, celebrating the massacre of possibly 700 Native people in uh, Mystic, Connecticut, what's today called Fort Mystic. And that's the first um historical account I found of any Thanksgiving, all, all the church bells throughout New England were ringing in celebration of that massacre. Now, we are told that the pilgrims came here uh, to look for religious freedom. And of course, once they settled down and got comfortable, they turned around and deprived the Native people of their religious freedom. And the Wampanoag and the Pequot and other peoples of that area say that it was either be Christian or be shot. And of course, many natives resisted. And those who were captured in battle, either by the pilgrims or their followers, the Puritans, were sold into slavery and shipped down to the Caribbean. So if any of your listeners are from Bermuda or Barbados or Jamaica, you might have some Wampanoag or Pequot blood. And that's the story. Yeah, that's the story of what really happened from the native perspective. Ironically, I have friends of mine who are descendant from uh, the pilgrims. Of course, they have a different point of view, but uh, we listen to each other's stories respectfully. Well, I mean, I'm certainly blown away by a lot of what you're saying. I have heard similar stories um, a few years ago. Like you said, what what I learned in history and what a lot of us learned, you know, in elementary school is that beautiful little story of that one feast. And one of the first things I learned about not well into adulthood was what you're talking about, that Thanksgiving feasts were being held way before that and for much darker reasons, right? So all much this dark. celebration mm-hmm. of this manifest destiny that was all about eliminating the people that were already there. Right. So when I um, do my travels around the country and I go to, uh, I speak with the Native peoples off and on the reservations, what I do is collect oral histories, the stories that you will not read in the history books. And when I go over to Massachusetts, uh, the elders there tell me uh, what really did happen back in the 1600s. And it's um, it's really miraculous that there's still the sentence of these people still alive today. Wow. 
So I have a question. Um, in some of the research I was doing for the show, I found that there is um, a similar holiday amongst Native Americans that they call Wopila. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying, I'm saying that right. Uh, and what and nation it, is it? A, um, if I'm not mistaken, they were the Native Americans of the Great Plains. Ah. Um, Oneida, you know, I think it's uh, the Oneida Indians. Uh, Oneida? No. Okay, okay, George. The Oneida are from upstate New York. Okay? Gotcha. Uh, they're, they're one of the six nations. And all indigenous peoples have these ceremonies in which they give thanks. Uh, very often, uh, if they're an agricultural people, um, at the first harvest, uh, if there are fishing people, say, out in the northwest, um, when they go out for their, their great salmon fishing expedition, uh, they have a great feast of Thanksgiving and thank the fish. All right? So all Native peoples, all indigenous peoples have these um, feasts of Thanksgiving. Now, when I say indigenous peoples, I don't just refer to indigenous people of the Americas. I recently spoke up in Minnesota, and all my students had blonde hair and blue eyes, and I discussed with them the native people of Scandinavia, and they speak their own languages. They're called Sami, and they have their own ceremonies, their own languages. So when I talk about indigenous peoples, people still um, remain connected to the land and to their ancient traditions. It could be anywhere in the world. Gotcha. So so from what I read in, in the article that I read, um, what they were trying to do is I'm sorry, somebody has their... I'm getting a little feedback from somebody's computer. Mm-hmm. I hear it in the background. Um, what I heard was that the, the the Oneida were trying to reconcile their traditions and integrate them into the American version of Well, Well, that's very possible. Um, and the Oneida of today are not the Oneida of yesteryear. Um for example, they have a very huge casino up there, and uh, they become very modern. But there's still traditionals among them who try to maintain the old ways. And uh, sometimes it's, it's difficult, you know, with the pressure of assimilation from the dominant society. Mm-hmm. But they still, you know, stay in tune with their ancestry, uh, with the old ceremonies. And some of uh, some of them, many of them, in fact, uh, live comfortably in both worlds. You know, they have to deal on a daily basis with outer society, but still remain still who they are and be proud of who they are and where they came from. So, Bobby, what significance does this have to the Latino populations? What about people from other countries who say that has nothing to do with us? We have the day off. Let's just have some food to eat and enjoy it. I mean... Does the significance of the history of this for indigenous people connect to our Latino cultures in some way? Well, uh, many of our Latino relatives who are listening in, who live with us, among us, uh, are not not born and raised in the United States. This This is an American holiday. They don't even celebrate it in Canada. But everyone who comes here eventually uh, embraces it and takes it as an opportunity to bring family and friends together and uh, to celebrate uh, and give thanks that they have a family, that they have friends, that they have many blessings. And they sit down, eat, tell stories, and there's nothing wrong with that. I know many Native people who still get gathered together and have uh, a Thanksgiving dinner, but they also keep in mind the sacrifices of those who went before. 
So my, I guess my question is, how do you celebrate Thanksgiving, Bobby? Oh. I mean, you're enlightened. You have, you have a much deeper understanding of this holiday than we do. So I want to I wanna know from that perspective, how do you celebrate this day? I'm going to celebrate it tomorrow with my lovely wife, Maria. Um, my brothers are coming up, uh, at least one cousin. We don't know who else is going to drop in. We're going to have turkey. Uh, gandule, pumpkin pie, you know, uh, a nice, you know, pasteles. You, it's like a Latino, indigenous American dinner, feast, gathering. And uh, before we sit down and eat, we will hold hands and give thanks to the great spirit and to the ancestors. And that is how we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving here today, tomorrow rather. That sounds beautiful. And I'm curious as we're talking about ways that we celebrate, I mean, I have friends who with Native American backgrounds, some of which, like you said, celebrate the day like any other. Some One of them was even posting today about what George was mentioning earlier, their own indigenous cultural um, ceremonies for giving thanks, which existed well before this American version. And I have other friends who don't even want you to insinuate Thanksgiving Day to them on this mm. day. You know, friends who refuse to so much as eat any, anyone's house um, because of the significance of that. And so I'm just curious about that particular offering. When we go around saying Happy Thanksgiving, you know, could it ever be considered insulting to say something like that? Is there some better way um, to honor saying hello to somebody or wishing them, you know, a well weekend on a day like this if they feel that way about the holiday? Well, that's a good question. How would I address no, wow. someone who doesn't <laughs> celebrate Thanksgiving? Uh, I think of Alice in Wonderland, uh, happy on Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know. Even saying happy holiday, I just say, well, well, have a good one, whichever way you celebrate it or don't celebrate it. Mm-hmm. So, that, so there is no right or wrong way to celebrate it is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, every uh, every um, every individual, every every circle has its way of not of celebrating it or not celebrating it, and both should be respected and honored. Okay. That sounds um, like the right approach also, to me. I've heard some, some rumblings about potential like Native American Heritage Day or something like that, similar to the Columbus holiday. Yeah, well, it's uh, they did it in Seattle. I believe it's moving up in Minneapolis, where we have an Indigenous Day instead of starting in Columbus. Um, I travel a lot, and when I go to cities and towns where there is little or no Italian-American population, it's not a big holiday. But uh, when I travel, people say, well, how about in New York City? you think they'll ever, you know... Uh, Dismantle Columbus Day, I said, no, it's too many Italian-Americans, and it's a day for them to celebrate their heritage. But here in New York, we also have our Dia de la Raza, which is the same weekend. So that's an alternative to Columbus Day. They celebrate their heroes, and we'll celebrate ours. So who are some of your heroes, Bobby? Ah, there's so many. Uh, From the indigenous side, you know, uh, I'm here in New York State, and just from the past, people like uh, Hampson Lake, uh, of course, Sitting Bull, Geronimo, Tecumseh, Osceola, but then I look at my 
Taino heroes uh, like Anacaona from Kiskeya, IT, um, Aguebana from Borinquen, uh, Atue, who fought the wars in uh, against the Spaniards in Cuba. So, and of course, being a, a Boricua, great people like Don Pedro Biso Campos and Roberto Clemente. So I have a, a number of heroes that I look up to who inspire me. Wow, I feel like I'm going to be looking all of those people up so I can get a little more inspired myself. Oh, yeah, just go up there and Google them and you'll find them. <laughs> awesome. Is, 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 is there any... Um... Is there any tradition that you've learned through your travels uh, around these different rituals of gratitude that you would like to see instituted or remixed into what we consider today Thanksgiving? Well, we have to be very careful about that because everyone has their own beliefs. And what I like is what um, the Quakers do. They worship, but it's a silent worship. No one preaches. And if nobody wants to say anything or pray, just sit there in communal silence, in silent worship, and get in tune with the universal energy in your own way. And that's what I'd like to see. That's pretty interesting. Um, I'm just looking here. We have a call. I'm definitely still hearing feedback here. So if you want to call in, mi gente, it's 646-716-7745, and I just lost my call. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm still here. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm dealing with an audio issue here. I'm so sorry. Um, so, Bobby, um, I'm sorry. So you're having – first of all, I want to say hi to Maria Ponte, uh, your beautiful wife. Uh, she, Thank you. This past, this past week, we got a chance to celebrate our art and history – over at Austin's Community College. It's always the precursor to uh, to Thanksgiving, so I was very grateful that I got a chance to see so many good friends uh, celebrating in such a beautiful way. It's getting bigger and bigger every year. So I say that. So you have a couple of projects coming up. You're traveling all over the place. Tell us how people can get in touch with you, how they could, uh, how they can support you and what you're doing. Well, uh, up soon I'll be having a book signing at East Harlem Cafe at 104th Street and Lexington Avenue. And that book signing will take place on uh, Thursday, December the 18th from uh, 6 to 8 p.m. And if you want to keep track of what I'm doing, uh, this is 2014. Go on Facebook and look for Bronx Dino and keep up with all that I'm doing. And uh, maybe you want to go to the Facebook side of my new book, uh, Taino Zen, and say that you like it, all right? And um, you can get it at the bookstore at the Bronx Museum or at the gift shop at El Museo del Barrio. Got you. And just tell us a little bit about the book. I mean, we got some time, so what, what is okay, the book about? Well, is... Taino Zen is a collection of poetry. It's actually storytelling in the form of verses. Um, and the meditative uh, poetry my intention was for people to uh, not just breeze through the book, is read a poem, uh, story poem as I call them, and then sit back and uh, think about it. I recently spoke with a friend of mine called, uh, you may know him, Manny Melendez, and Manny says, Bobby, that's what I've been doing. I read a poem, and I sit back, and I, I contemplate it on the words. And that's why I called it Taino Zen. And it's from the indigenous perspective, 
but it also com- uh, combines some of um, Far Eastern meditative practices. So you read, you sit back, you think, and maybe draw your own conclusions about historical episodes that you've been informed about. And it's also a call out for people to reconnect to uh, who they are because you can't be a whole person unless you embrace all of your heritage. Um, I'm very proud of my Taino heritage, Native American, but I also uh, embrace my African and, of course, my European ancestry. It's all good. And it's all in my book, Taino Zen. Hey, Bobby, I I do have a question here. No. That would be such a perfect book to read for a long holiday weekend like this. I'm thinking I'm going to have all this quiet time and I'm going to need to pick that up. Or you can order the ebook. Oh, there you go. Instant gratification. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Bobby, Bobby, we have a a question from Melvin Collado from Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Saludos. Mm. Um, He says he was the one actually trying to call in before. He wanted to know. He said a lot of the stories, uh, a lot of the stories that you were talking about are, like you said, oral tradition. How can we find a factual or uh, historically correct book? Are there any historically correct books about Thanksgiving and about the origins of this holiday? Okay, uh, one. Okay, there's a new book that came out. Is the indigenous history of the United States. All right, and the author is Roxanne uh, Dunbar-Ortiz, The Indigenous History of the United States. All right, and check that book out. Another one uh, you might want to look at is um, Lies My Teacher Told Me. And that gives a different perspective on Native American history. Also, if you go on YouTube, about 20 years ago, there's a great uh, TV series called 500 Nations hosted by Kevin Costner. And in it, what they did was they went among the different indigenous peoples and spoke with the elders. And in it, uh, they talk about um, the encounter between the pilgrims and the Wampanoag and Pequots. And you can find that on YouTube, 500 Nations, the entire series. Now, now I have a question, and, and we talked about this on a previous show. How do we validate a lot of that information, because we, we we today say that a lot of the books that we read when we were kids were books of lies. There were there was mm. you know there were a lot of untruths. There was revised history. Um, how do we know that what this book that you're mentioning now? How how do we validate that is truth when everything has been oral and nothing has been written? Well, when I read a book and it tells me something that's completely new to me, I say, "Wow, I didn't know about this." Well, then I go uh, do my legwork and. Conf- uh, you know, confirm that information through other books and through other people, especially the the elders. Cause so when I travel around and I give my lectures, I tell people, don't believe anything you read. Don't believe anything you hear. Don't believe anything that I've told you. Go out, make the extra effort, and confirm everything that has been told to you. All right? And it's not easy, you know? Oh, by the way, I also tell people, if you want to know what's going on in the world, don't watch Fox or CNN. <laughs> Please waste the time, all right? Uh, in the Internet age, there's alternative media that you can consult. And even with that, you have to be careful. So it's not easy. Um, my other mm. question, uh, 
uh, another question, and it's from Marcos Sanabria. And Marcos Sanabria is hitting us up from Chicago, Illinois. And he said, if the world that we live in, because of the technology of the world that we live in, do we risk losing our oral history? Are you seeing a decline in uh, in oral history and people actually talking to the elders? I see more and more of it. I travel a lot. And I, especially among Native people, and I see it among many Latino people, uh, young people, who realize um, the educational systems very often um, are inadequate. So they go to their parents, their grandparents, or if they don't have parents or grandparents, contemporaries of those people, and ask them, well, what really, ha- what really happened? You know, uh, what did our people go through? What did our people overcome? Yeah, uh, I see, I see a revival of it, and I see more and more books, and I see, of course, uh, replacing the books now. I see personal blogs online, and and one blog that I love on Facebook is called Censored News, one word, and in it you um, you keep up with everything that's going on in the Native community in both North and South. Okay, by the way. More than 90% of indigenous people come from Latin America. They're not up here. But that's another excellent source of information is censored news. You know, and I have to agree with you, Bobby. I know a lot of people say that technology breaks down socializing between people, and sure, it can do that, but I'm a firm believer that there's not a whole lot going on in this day and age that wasn't happening somehow even 100 years ago. Back then, books were considered media. Back then, the radio was considered... Um, sensational. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, what you talk about as far as preserving oral history, the first thing that popped in my mind was blogs. A lot of people mm-hmm. blog, a lot of people, even on Facebook, depending on how you use it. For me, it's an open journal. You know, I talk about some deep stuff on there, and so do some of my friends, and it, like, impacts my life. So I like what you're saying about how, you know, these tools really can be used. It's, it's They're all just different vessels for what humans do. And so anything can always be used to continue to stay connected to your peers and to your elders as long as you're doing consciously. Exactly. And I'm going to show you a short, funny story. I recently told the storytelling program to young people in the South Bronx, really young, 9, 10 years old. And I told them, Native people didn't have the Internet. They didn't have telephones or the computer. And this 10-year-old girl asked me, well, how did they text each other? (laughs) Uh, And I said, okay, Bobby. That's all she's known. You know, you can't be too critical of her. And I was tempted to say smoke signals, mm-hmm. but that would be a stereotype because many people didn't, um, you know, use that as a means of communication. But it's a new world, and the Internet uh, can be a wonderful vehicle to preserve our culture and stories. But we also have to also keep in mind that everything we put up there is being monitored. And that's important. So there's some things I would never put on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. It has to be kept in-house, off the record, especially nowadays. So that kind of circles us back around to preserving our way of communicating orally, right? Really Uh, sitting with each other and communicating face-to-face in our own space. Exactly. Okay, you got it. I'm back. <laughs> Yay. Hello. Yes, so, you yeah, here? So, um, somebody decided I was talking too much, and I, they booted me out. 
So <laughs> everything okay? All right. Sure, Bobby was just mentioning how you know we were talking about how technology really can be used to continue to preserve connections socially between people. But then he was also mentioning how there's some things that he would recommend not posting, you know, on any technology type of venue because of what is being monitored constantly. So it's interesting how that really circled us back around to keeping an oral way of communication, of having face-to-face in-person communication, especially when it comes to delicate matters. Right, Bobby? Right. I was just I was just told that there was a conference a few years back in Denver, Colorado, of Native elders from both North and South. And everyone was told before the conference started, nothing is to be recorded via tape or being written down. Everything here will be expressed orally and remain that way and will not be repeated outside our circle. So we're seeing more and more of that. You know, so... Yeah, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the internet and social media, yeah. but we can't live before without we wrap it. Up, before we wrap up, we have one caller from the 917. Caller, you're on Radio Capicu. Hey, George. It's Georgie Acevedo. How are you? Hey, what's uh, going on, buddy? I just wanted to say hi, yeah. hi to Bobby and wish him a, and, and uh, Maria a wonderful holiday and a peaceful one, as well as the rest of the Capicu crew. Igualmente, gracias, George. So and we're going to be chatting uh, with George a little bit later, right? Fair enough, fair enough. You going to call me? Or should I Absolutely, call Absolutely, sir. All, All right. right. I got you. Don't worry about it. All right. Speak to All you right. later, Take then. Care. Take care. Okay, bye-bye, George. So, Bobby, thank you so much for sharing that insight. Um, I hope people connect with you. If you have any questions, you can reach Bobby at his website, bobbygonzalez.com. Follow him on Twitter. Look for the Bronx Taino on uh, Facebook. And, uh, you know, he could definitely give you a lot more insight uh, than, than the time allotted allows. Uh, but I really want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, and I hope that you have a great, great Thanksgiving holiday. And you celebrate it the Likewise. way you want on your terms. All right. Thank you, George. Thank you, Nessa. Blessings You're on you both. Welcome. Thank and, you. And uh, I hope to see you very soon. All right. Get that Taino uh, Zen book. Great. I am Mosheo de Dahlia. And uh, so, yo, well, that was kind of just. Hello? I, I can hear you now, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, so I didn't think that. Um, I, so I'm wondering, I mean, we're going to take some calls later on in the show, but I'm wondering where, you know, from what Bobby's saying, it doesn't seem like the Thanksgiving holiday is that controversial. It's just different people have different ways. They already had a system in place where they they honored and they gave gratitude and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I, I would really like to hear from some people or find out what some of the controversy is around. Is it just because we were, you know, we were conquered by the, you know, the Europeans? Like, you know, I wonder what, what you know, what happens with that. I mean, I was always taught that Thanksgiving wasn't a Latino holiday. That it was something that we adapted to, that we kind of like, we moved into because yeah. of the fact that we were here in this country and it's what everybody did. And we were grateful. We were grateful for a lot of things that we had here now that my grandmother had brought us over from Puerto Rico. So I don't know about you, but that, that's, you know, so I kind of like live in both places. You know, I kind of like, uh, I kind of think about, okay, well, it doesn't seem like it was all that friendly back then. I don't think the Indians and the pilgrims really had sat down and had a great holiday powwow. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, how can I not be grateful for all the things that are happening now? And my family gets together and puts together this beautiful feast and all the family comes in from out of town and 
you know, how can I not enjoy that? How can I be so politically inclined or so hell-bent on what happened in the past that I won't enjoy a moment that I have now? Well, I think the part of the controversy um, to me seems, I wish I could remember the term for this, but the fact that it gets connected to that story, idealizing that the Europeans and the Native Americans had such a beautiful dinner and that that's what the interaction between the two was really about. You know, and so the idea or the belief that sometimes the the majority will take will take cultural traditions from the minority and appropriate them, right, and basically lay claim mm-hmm. to them. And to me, I think that, like you said, as far as, you know, the notion of giving thanks, that's not the problem. But the notion that the Thanksgiving that we celebrate is centered around this day that's supposed to imply um, a type of relationship that really is a falsehood and that the reality is something that is dark and carries through through this day, I think that's where the controversy comes in. And that's where mm-hmm. celebrating consciously is important as opposed to just saying, oh, yeah, it was about that nice little dinner they had someday. And and, and, yeah. and that dinner is somehow the symbol for what the interaction between these two people were when it's not. Yep. So when we talk about Thanksgiving, you know, the first thing that people think about is what? Turkey, food. We have this oh, yeah. incredibly bountiful feast. So um, so somebody that's going to come up next, uh, Flora Montes, is going to actually join us, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the foods and the traditions and everything. You know, my favorite part about Thanksgiving is? What? It's the, it's the beginning of the Christmas holiday, so that's when you start seeing the coquito flowing. Uh-oh. That's when you start, seeing the, the, that's when you start hearing parranda music and things of that nature. So with that said, I'm going to kind of set the mood for the next conversation, and we're going to play some parranda music live from Puerto Rico. Um, I got this really great audio of some uh, some Trulia music, so we're going to play that. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with Flora Montes, and we're going to talk everything about food. All right? Let's Don't forget do to call them. The call the number to call in is 646-716-7745. We're taking live calls tonight. Um, so you could come in and chime in on anything we've spoken about or bring up new topics that you think are relevant to the Thanksgiving holiday. So we'll see you on the other side of the break.
you know, um, everybody has a different way of celebrating the holiday. Some people feel that the holiday shouldn't be celebrated at all and that it's not even a holiday. Uh, so we're kind of exploring all different facets of that. I'm joined by the wonderfully talented Vanessa Acevedo, poet. Yeah, and she was everybody. actually the first. She was the first person to ever log in the chat room and say hi to us. So uh, she has a special place in our heart. Uh, she has a long history with the Capicu family. Uh, but as far as the radio is concerned, she's been the most uh, long, longest standing listener and uh, always giving feedback, always letting us know what we should and should not be talking about. And uh, and in the past, in the past, she's been kind of like an assistant producer, helping us with call notes, show notes, and letting us know what types of resources she had available to her to share with our listeners. We appreciate that, and she's transitioned into our production team. So she's here tonight. This is her production. This is her concept, her idea, and she is completely taking, giving it life. So thank you so much, Vanessa, and I have to give you one applause for that because that's that's a big stuff right there. Wow, thank you. I really appreciate it. I never in my life, I never had any goal to specifically be on the radio, but like you said, every time I listened to Capicu Radio, I was like, oh, my God, they should be doing this. Oh, my God, I know about that. Oh, my God, the listeners should be hearing about it this way. And it just kind of happened all on its own. So I'm glad that there was a place for me to be able to do it in a conscious and helpful way, especially for the purpose that Radio Capicu Radio Capicu has. Yep, and just to let people know, um, you know, there's there's going to be a major reboot of Radio Capicu in the coming weeks. Uh, when we come back in January, uh, we're going to have a much more polished show. It's going to be better produced. We have some staff that's just joining us. Um, give a big shout out to Jadira Gooding, who is our new intern. She's currently working on some of the re-imaging for the show. So we're we're going to have a brand new show for you come in January. But one of the things that's not going to change. Uh, is the fact that it's your radio. This is your radio show. This is your platform. Uh, we always have a, the phone lines open uh, at any given time. You can call in 646-716-7745, or you can email us um, at Radio Capicu. You know, the country's had a really hard time. People of color have really had... Uh, a lot of things to think about um, as we see different images flash on our TV screens. And I think that one of the things that we need to uh, understand is that we need solution-based community dialogue. And I think that's what Capicu is trying to provide. Um, so thank you so much, Vanessa, for being a part of this. All right. And with that said, let's introduce our next guest. Our next guest is amazing. She's simply amazing. Um, her name is Chef Flora Monte. She was born and raised in the Bronx. She's an entrepreneur, writer, mentor, and speaker. She was recently given an award in 2014 as one of the 25 most influential women in the Bronx. She's also the founder and executive director of the Bronx Fashion Week, which launched just this last September at the Andrew Friedman Home. So let's give a nice, warm, happy welcome to Miss Flora Monte. Flora. Thank you, George. Hi. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm great. I'm I'm here. Thank I'm grateful you. that you're here. I know that, that that tonight's a very big night for you because, uh, like many Boricuas, you're usually in the kitchen this time of night, getting everything ready for the big family get get together tomorrow. Yes, I am. I am. And thank you for taking some time away from the cocina to help us out. Anytime, and I'm grateful for you guys having me on. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Vanessa. You're very welcome, Flora. So. 
I wanted to ask you, did you have any special kind of recipe that you wanted to share with our listeners today, something they could whip up, you know, um, tonight or by tomorrow? Yes. Um, one of the recipes that it's actually one of my favorites, and my mother gave it to me years ago, and it's actually it's a recipe that is um, see for a sausage stuffing, but I've, over the years I've kind of incorporated, you know, my own flavor to it putting in some of the traditions that my grandmother taught me, and it's basically um, bread that I put in the food processor, chop it up fine. I add butter, chicken stock, celery, onion, sage, chives, my cilantro, because you always have to have cilantro, Um, sweet sausage. I dice that up all very small. Mix it in with the breadcrumbs and, of course, adobo because I'm a Goya girl from heart. And, um, <laughs> Goya. Goya. Big shout out to Goya because Goya just you sponsored. you got to be Puerto Rican and have the Goya. And, um, I had to give a shout out to Goya because Goya just sponsored our big event, Social Health, Social Impact, last week at the Bronx Museum of Art. So shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out to Maria Teresa uh, Racanelli, who was our honoree, and she helped us uh, talk about the culture of culinary uh you know, of being healthy and, and retaining our cultural heritage. So I just want to give yeah. that quick shout out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. So I, I just add that all together. And then right before I put the turkey in the oven, I stuff the, the uh, turkey with that homemade stuffing. And it's a hit. It's something that it's just like a, it's a custom at the house. The first thing I, you know, my kids are like, where's the stuffing? And it's delicious. It really is. So that's, that's one awesome. that I, personally love. It sounds delicious. hmm Yeah, it is. And so, Flora, I know you were telling me earlier that you are cooking up a storm in your house right now. So yes, if you were yes. to look around the kitchen, what are some of the things that we're going to see on those counters? You're going to see arroz con gandules. I, pre- I usually prep everything early so that I'm not stressed out the day of. So I have everything measured. I have the arroz con gandules all prepped. I have um, my turkeys all seasoned. Um, I also have um, my cherry crumb pie, my apple crumb pie. You would see my pudding, which is another one, another recipe from my grandmother. Um, and I love that. That's my favorite. That's, uh, what else do we have? We have brownies. It's pretty much, I mean, it's pretty much a, a, a a fiesta de, de comida on top of my counter right now. Oh, it sounds okay. like it. And, you know, you were asking me earlier whether when we first talked about doing the show, you asked whether I wanted you to share a healthy recipe. And, of course, we always want to look at healthy solutions. But because it's the holidays, sometimes we let ourselves cheat a little. And so I'm just curious whether you have any particular favorite Thanksgiving food that's just so rich and so fatty and greasy and sinfully delicious that you would only cook it on a holiday like this. Yeah, Um, only once a year. (laughs) Only once a year. Well, I think it's not even – it's really the dessert. Because I try to, like I said, I try to eat healthy on a whole – but, like, because it's Thanksgiving and it's the holiday and the kids are here, and, and I just go all out. So some of my favorite stuff, I, I just, there's no no holds barred. I'm <laughs> enjoying the cake and the pudding and the cheesecake, and I'm just, you know, that's, like, my whole thing. So that's my favorite. 
You know what? I, you just said something that made me think of a great idea. I think that it would be wonderful to have some kind of bar that was not healthy and would specifically be called the No Holds Bar. And oh, I think okay. that maybe you should create that. That's a great idea. I didn't, you know, that's a really great idea. No Holds Bar. My God. <laughs> uh, I, I just want Coquito. I have that too, actually. I have a ton of bottles of Coquito, and I have a Coquito recipe too that I I use on a constant. But I always there's always one thing I leave out because I don't want to give it all away. I use three different kinds of liquor. I use Malibu, Donku, and Bailey's. But the other two I won't tell you. It's really good, really, really good. Well, I'll tell you that in the coming days we're going to be visiting um, we're going to be visiting a distillery up in the Bronx that makes pitorro, and we're going to be oh, making yes. coquito there live on the air. So that's going to be pretty really. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I'll, I'll let you know, Flora. You have I'll give to you tell that. me. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to go down there and and uh, and go there and see. They were one of the sponsors actually for Bronx Fashion Week. So oh, that's definitely. Awesome. That's yeah. Port, big shout out to Port Morris Distillery. Um, yes, we have a call. We have a call. A uh, caller from the three four seven. You are live on the Capitol Show. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. I need. How I need are you? you? I need you to turn off your computer. Okay. Hold on. I'll turn it. Uh, turn this off. Oh yeah. I, it's off. Okay. It's better. Here we go. What's your name and where are you calling from? This is Nelson Gonzalez from Sofito Magazine, New York City. How are hey, you? Hey, what's up, Nelson? Good morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, not much. Just wanted to uh, have a question for Flora. I just wanted to uh, ask her, besides uh, what she has in the menu, uh, does she have pasteles this week as well for tomorrow? <laughs> is she doing more, you know, any extra things that we do in Puerto Rico, you know? Um, actually, you know what, I don't have, I haven't, I've been so busy that I have not had time to make pasteles as much as I've made them every year. This is the first mm-hmm. year. I absolutely love them, and I just have not had the time, but if anyone's willing to sell me any or give some away, <laughs> I'm willing to pick them up, <laughs> you know, just flash them my number, I'll be there, because I absolutely love them, you know. Mm-hmm. And the other, and the other thing that Flora had just a quick question. Another quick question. Have you done Pablo Shon? I heard about that uh, recently, and it's like everybody's talking about that. Uh, you know, you I that? heard, I had, I heard about that today. I asked, I, I saw the word, and I asked somebody what's a Pablo Shon, and they said it was a turkey that is seasoned like a pelmini. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I've been doing that forever, so <laughs> I don't know if that's, you know. I, I said, okay, but I've been doing. I did that. Actually, for my turkey tomorrow, I mean, I, I so I guess now they call it Pavo Chong. So, yeah, I, I made a Pavo Chong then. It has a name <laughs> now, so. Mm. So, 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 Flora, I want to go back to the, I want to go back to the pastele, um, the pastele making process. Is that something that um, historically in your family you've done, like the women of the family have gotten together and made it a big to-do? You know. Or is it just you know, you did as, a, as an individual? You know, my my grandmother used to do them, and then the tradition stopped for a while, and I got back into it because I loved making them. So I started the tradition again, and there's so much to pastele making. It's not just making the pasteles. I found that when I, w- I would sit and make them with my mom, 
she would start telling me these stories of when my grandmother was around and in Puerto Rico, and it became something. Now it's become something that I enjoy doing. It's like this tradition that we just sit there and talk about things, and it brings back memories of my childhood when I did go go and spend time in Puerto Rico with my grandmother. So, you know, there's something traditional and for me about pasteles that are, it's just very close to my heart and to that tradition that I grew up in. Okay. So. And what about you, Nelson? I mean, I know you're really big into culinary. How, how did um how did cooking become part of your life? Oh, I started cooking when I was in Puerto Rico uh, at a very young age, but my mom was the influence. Uh, you know, I learned a lot. Uh, from her in the kitchen, uh, you know, I always see some stuff with her. She used to go with me to the viveros and buy, you know, uh, gallinas, and we'll go home again, and, you know, put them in the boiling water and take all the feathers out and, you know, the, do, do the whole deal. So that's how I got involved with that, you know. And uh, as a matter of fact, she got tired of doing uh, the typical Thanksgiving dinner, so uh, we ended up uh, many years later just doing uh, turkey fricassee, which was one of her <laughs> big things. So it's, you know, it's Guanajuato Blanco and uh, and and and, and uh, So that's how it was. <laughs> Awesome. So um, thank you for calling, um, Nelson. Um, You're welcome. You're if welcome. anyone who's interested in connecting with Nelson, Nelson has a great new website called SofritoMagazine.com. That's proper, It's uh, quarterly. It's a quarterly edition. Uh, mm-hmm. You can check it out at, like I said, SofritoMagazine.com. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll have a lot of really delicious uh, items to share with you there. Thank you. Okay. All right. So um, we have another caller. And this caller is a special caller. Okay, I'm going to bring her in. Um, she is uh, Salvadoreña, who immigrated to New York when she was only eight years old. She's a poet at heart. She loves traveling and food exploration, has a beautiful blog called Rio de Sol, which I was featured on many months ago when Sofrito Frio Sol was in its infancy. But her second blog, Yesenia Sabor, covers outings, restaurants, and her own personal recipes. So I want to invite La Querida, we love her, Yesenia to the show, and uh, let me turn her mic on. There we go. And applause. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Glad to be on tonight. Yesenia, a very old friend of mine, very dear friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So you're here. Ready I'm to ready eat? To ready to eat all that pernil and delicious pavo? What are you cooking? You know, what's funny is that I'm not cooking at all for Thanksgiving. It's my mom's job. Really? <laughs> wow. Oh. So you're, she you're, will you're not let us do anything. It's it's what she, you know, um, she's been doing it for years, and it's her thing. So maybe I'll bring dessert. <laughs> well, the majority of the people that have been on the show so far have been Puerto Rican and Caribbean. Um, you're yeah. Salvadorian, so how does... How is Christmas, I mean, I'm sorry, how is Thanksgiving and the Christmas season meal different? You know, um, I was talking to friends today, and I actually posted this on Facebook. I was saying how Thanksgiving isn't a holiday in El Salvador, so it wasn't incorporated in my family or even um, in my life until I was around 11 or 12 years old. And um, it was because my mom's boss, 
um, gave her a turkey, which apparently is like a tradition that has been going on for like many generations when a boss gives um, their employees a, a, a turkey, um, which is no longer being done anymore. <laughs> Um, so my mom had no idea what to do with this turkey and she like asked her friends what to do with it, how to season it, how to brine it, how to like what stuffing. And then she did what she knew, which is salad, rice, beans, and that's it, you know? And then years later, we started incorporating like the cranberry sauce and the, um, the, what do you call it, sweet potatoes. So we didn't even have, like, pie, none of that. Um, no pasteles, no pernil, because Thanksgiving, is it's, it's an American holiday. And um, unless, you know, as an immigrant, unless you adapt to, the like, to the American culture, you're not going to celebrate that stuff in terms of Thanksgiving. Um, for Christmas, it's different because that's, you know, much more like a worldwide holiday. So... That's when we cook turkey. We make um, sandwiches de pavo, sandwiches de, 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 what do you call it, de gallina. You know, that's when the turkey is cooked for us. You know, isn't that interesting? No pupusas. You know, pupusas are eaten all year long. They're not very special. (laughs) No turkey turkey Um, pupusas? No turkey pupusa. I was talking to Nessa, and I was like, I may make a pavochon. Uh, I was listening to Flora. Pavochon pupusa. <laughs> yeah, we were having a go. whole, like, why not? pupusa conversation <laughs> on <laughs> I made a pernil pupusa um, a month or so ago, and it was delicious. <laughs> you hear that, so, Flora? You hear that? <laughs> Is she on? Flora? No, Flora, Flora had to go keep cooking. Her family's here, so uh, she had to go no, we were basically feed them. We were, we were folding her into the mix, and she just left us? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Anyway, thank you, Flora, <laughs> for being part of the show. Yeah, we were kind of integrating interviews here. and uh, Okay. Yeah. Well, Flora, we, we miss you, and um, if I find any pasteles, I'll let you know. But, yeah, so <laughs> just say Thank you for being here. So, Yesenia, um, weren't you just mentioning the other day that you were going to teach a pupusa workshop? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to teach a pupusa workshop because it's something that people think it's just easy to do, um, to just stuff meat and cheese into, like, masa and just make it into a flat tortilla. But it's not a tortilla. There's a science to it. <laughs> um, I hear you. I hear you because, you know, I'm Colombian and we have our arepas, which yeah. are not pupusas. We have our tamales, which are not pasteles, and right. and not that you know, because I love pasteles and I love pupusa, but uh, yeah, they're not arepas and they're not tamales. So um, yeah, there's a if difference. somebody wants to connect with you, like how do they find you so they can know when these workshops are coming up and some of these other well, food events that you do? Um, so I'm on Facebook, Jesenia Sabor, um, and my website is jeseniasabor.com. That's my website. That's my blog. That's where I post uh, my outings and reviews on restaurants and stuff. Um, the Facebook group, I do, you know, monthly outings to different places, and that's where I'm going to um, post this, you know, this pupusa workshop because I feel like we need to have a pupusa party in New York City, and just I want to teach people how to make this traditional 
um, food um, that's been around in my country for thousands of years, you know, and um, people are just kind of, like, discovering it now. Um, my goal is to get a pupusa to Oprah so that she could Wow. Put out. <laughs> Can you imagine? It has happened, and I want to be there to be like, I was there the day she dreamt I'm going to be like, Oprah, you need to taste this. <laughs> Everybody gets a pupusa. Everybody gets a pupusa. <laughs> Underneath the chairs, wrapped in foil. <laughs> exactly. That's, That's hilarious. So, Yesenia, being that you came in, and like you said, you know, that Thanksgiving meals, Thanksgiving fair wasn't exactly... Um, part of what you grew up with in your own home country. Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving indulgence? You know, there's some sinful recipe that you wouldn't dare eat any other day but Thanksgiving? You know, I was talking about how, you know, we don't make the pies or anything, but we do. My mom makes this sweet potato um, dessert, and it's like slices of sweet potatoes, maybe four, three or four sweet potatoes that she cuts into wedges, and then um, you put it in a bowl and you season it with maple syrup, some cinnamon, some butter, um, sugar, of course, brown sugar, the you know, better than white sugar. Um, and then you put that on a sheet pan and you put some marshmallows and probably some extra butter on top of it and you let that cook for about 45 minutes until it's soft. And that is our dessert. And we have that once a year. Um, it's not a pie. It's easy to make. So, you know, you're not there making any crust or anything. Um, you put some ice cream on top of it, and it's so good. <laughs> and it's easy. So that's something that oh, I have made my with, with – I've even changed the recipe around. I put some parsnips. I even put some – um, some carrots because carrots are very sweet. Um, you know, I, I ch- kind of changed. I put some other crazy stuff. Um, coconut. You can shred some coconut. Some put some shredded coconut over it and and make that all year round. But that's something that my sisters and I look forward to every Thanksgiving um, because that's the only time that she will make it for us. Can I hang out with you and your sisters? Because, oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, come over. <laughs> I know her longer. I should go first. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, it sounds like she can make enough for everybody, so I'm not going to complain. No, I'm gonna she be makes, grateful like, three trays, and what's funny is that it's just the three of us, my dad, her, and maybe, like, one or two guests, and she makes food for, like, you know, 20 people. I think that's one thing that Latina moms will, will – I think that's throughout – any yes. country. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's food for 20 people and there's like five of us. <laughs> so um, being that Thanksgiving is coming up and, you know, and within the next day, are there any particular things that you are grateful for? I know that you've had a very adventurous year. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I've been following you on Facebook and you're always so great about talking about your challenges and your progress and just, you know, all these beautiful, inspiring things. So what's at the top of your list? I am grateful just, you know, to have really good people around me. Um, I have spoken to George about this many times. Well, not one time. I think we spoke about two months ago. Just It's really important to have positive people around you and, you know, to keep you 
um, to uplift you when you're not doing well, when you're not feeling like, not that you can't do it, but, you know, you're just feeling a little low. Um, it's good to have friends and, and, you know, friends who are more like family who know what you're going through, and I'm very thankful for that because I think everybody goes through hard times, everybody, and they are very different. Um, so when you have good friends and good people who who will uplift, uplift you um, and you do the same for them, I mean, that's just like a give and take, and it's, it's just a beautiful thing. I'm grateful for that this year. We inspire each other, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And I got a call coming in from the 917 area code. Call us from the 917. You're on the Radio Copy Cool. Hi. This is Leora Luciano checking in with you guys. How's it going? Hi, Leora. How are you? Hi. I'm great. I've been listening. Um, and, you know, there's just something that I wanted to share. And it's sort of, um, you know, as as, as a Latina sort of an underrepresented part of our, our population, and it's um, something that I'm really interested in finding out about. But I was born and raised vegetarian, and mm-hmm. so that kind of further just adds to the um, complicated relationship, uh, being Latino, um, having Thanksgiving, and then also the conversation of food. It's always a big one. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that and, um, you know, talk about uh, how much food plays a role in all of these celebrations that we have and how, well, I mean, for me, I think that most of what's consumed on Thanksgiving, pretty unhealthy, whether you are, you know, we're speaking about Latinos in general or, you know, any American household in general. Mm -hmm. No, we we definitely had conversations around that. Laura, thank you for calling the show. Um, we 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 definitely overeat during the holidays. It's it's a, it's a it's a celebration of overabundance, I think. And it's like you know, there's so many people that don't have, but we just feel the need to have this table and this obscene amount of food. Um, my question to you is, uh, being vegetarian, how does how how do you celebrate thanks, uh, Thanksgiving? Then, I mean, like, what what is the centerpiece? If you don't have a turkey. What is the, the centerpiece of the uh, of the feast of the feast well, that you do have? Yeah, it's you know it's a really good question. I think, um, and I get it a lot, and I've gotten it my entire life. You know, I mean, whether it was you know being different in the school cafeteria and you know eating phony bologna sandwiches, that was kind of like the mock meats that they had back in the day. The food, vegetarian foods, have evolved so much. Um, you know, I guess based on demand, based on interest. It used to be my mom would make all of these beautiful recipes um, that at the time I, pro- I probably didn't appreciate um, her all of her efforts, my mom and my dad, both of them. And, you know, lots of, lots of you know, plant-based meals, um, entrees and, and side dishes and all of that. And, you know, there was, there was uh, you know, maybe a mock meat, you know, kind of like a a fake turkey or something like that. That didn't, you know, certainly not in the shape. But actually, for this this Thanksgiving, we're, um, you know, my family were doing a roast. That Gardein has these amazing, beautiful roasts that kind of come all prepared. You don't even have to, you don't have to think about it. You know, the the stuffing, the, uh, you know, the the main course. It's all there in a package, ready to go, put in the oven. 
and it's super easy. So it takes half the prep work and all that out of the way. Um, and then for everything else, it's just the, the stuff that we like, you know, as a family. But for my family, the focus is really on, you know, gratitude and, and talking and being together. And, and that's that's what it, you know, that's what I'd love to, you know, inspire other people to shift the conversation towards, you know, sharing, you know, not just having a toast and talking about gratitude, but having families communicate things like feelings as opposed to stuffing their faces with, um, you know. <laughs> they have to say a feeling for every single bite they take, right? Imagine. Cool. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We have some very emotional Thanksgiving dinners. I would think I would, I would totally cheat. To... I would cheat and just be poetic and a smart aleck. Like this feels like smooth cranberry. This is the <laughs> sensation of gritty gravy. They'd be like, "That's not what we mean." <laughs> yeah. No, but for sure, I think that if you came to my house, you could eat all the sides. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. My my mother in law, my wife, they actually do a really good job of of variety. You know, and again, it is, uh, you know, no matter what it is, it, it is an obscene amount of food to have, and you always have leftovers for three and four days. Uh, so that that always concerns me. Um, but, yeah, definitely a time that I have to be very mindful of what I eat because I am still on my weight loss journey, so I have to be very careful tomorrow and make sure that I consume only what I absolutely need. So two or three bites of each thing, and that's pretty much it. But, uh Yeah. <laughs> But um, but thank you so much, Leora, for calling in. I, I know you're a busy woman these days. Uh, thank you so much for being part of the Copy Cool Experience. And thank hope you, you tune so in much. again. Thank you for we having to, me. Happy we have to have you here as a guest. We have to have you oh. here as a guest. You have a fascinating story. Leora, for those of you who do not, does not know, uh, she is a super social media influencer. She's one of the most influential Latinas in the space. Uh, she is a model. She is a former lawyer. I mean, she just has an amazing story, and she's actually really cool to hang out with. I've got a chance to hang out with her in my recent adventures all over the United States. So she's a good friend, and I thank you for calling the call, the, the, the show. Well, I'll have to come and visit you guys soon. Absolutely. Yes, we look forward let's. to it. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, it. guys. Happy Take Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they call it that. You know, not a lot no. of people like turkey. That's the interesting part. I don't. I don't like turkey at all. I don't. I do not like turkey at all. I, it's I'll it's eat it. gamey to some people. It's too dry. You know what it dry. is? I like, dark, I like dark meat. Uh, I like mm. dark chicken. You know, dark chicken meat. So yeah. turkey just tastes like all chicken white meat to me. Like you know, it doesn't. Oh, that's interesting. You know, so you don't fight yeah. for the leg. My sister, my little sister, we we keep the leg for her, both legs. Her. Actually, yeah, my grandmother. Loud. My grandmother does not. Well, when I'm when I'm home, when I'm home with my family, my 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 mom and my grandmother, my grandmother will not let anybody touch the legs. The legs are mine. I'm the first grandson. I'm the oldest, and she's I'm her favorite. <laughs> so, she, so I get the legs regardless. And then from time to time, she'll ask me like, "Who do you think I should give it to this year?" It's like I have to like give her permission <laughs> to to bestow a leg on somebody in my absence. Um, it has a different so yeah, flavor, so. but, yeah, not a lot of people like turkey. I feel like um, it's something that, you know, because it's a tradition, it's the official bird of the holiday, so everyone feels like they have to make turkey, yeah. um, the entire bird. But some people actually just make the breast. Some people just make the leg. And I think that's important. If you don't want to make the whole entire bird, then don't. <laughs> 
That's Ooh, we gotta, true. Can I just make turkey bacon? Can I just buy one of those classic? I think that's fine. I think that's, what that's I my saying. favorite part. Mm-hmm. I was saying to friends today, I'm like, you know, this this holiday is so important in this country, but, you know, it's it's such a open, up to interpretation sort of. Yeah, It's a harvest absolutely. festival, and I think that's the one thing that we need to keep reminding ourselves that it's, you know, that's when, you know, everything, all the pumpkins, all the apples, all the cranberries, everything that was available in this country during that time to be picked and harvested, you can do whatever you want. Uh, Absolutely. We have you, another call you, from the west side. Uh, sure. Ooh. Call from Cali. What's going on, Cali? Three one zero eight. Hi. Hi there. Who's Liza, it? how are you guys? Liza, my other partner in crime. XOXO Liza, what's going on? Yes, nothing, representing out here from Beverly Hills, and I had to jump in on this conversation because it's a pretty heated debate out here as well. So I'm like, go Turkey, go Thanksgiving, (laughs) same tradition and holiday. So you're not down with Leora and the the veggie rolls? No, here's the thing is I was, I mean, I was a strict vegetarian actually for 13 years and vegan for part of that time um, and just due to some medical stuff, like I had to start eating meat. So I was there like as a kid when like both first first started and like they didn't have options. So I do love that they have options for people now and I won't, I won't front. There's still like a nut loaf that I still really love. That's amazing. But I can mix that instead of having my stuffing with my mashed potatoes and then I do want some turkey and I want a good nap after it. So let's go <laughs> so what are you up to? How's that Ford Mustang coming along? Oh my God, it's amazing! So the Black Knight is like following. My, I nickname all of my cars, and that's what I nicknamed him. And I just ran out to take Trader Joe's because I'm gonna have a girls' night with uh, my girl Joe, who your listeners might know from uh, Real Housewives of Orange County. And so I ran into Trader Joe's, and when I closed the door, the little Mustang icon illuminated underneath the car. I was like, Wait, what? Are you serious right now? Like, who needs wow. a Mustang? So for those of you who follow me heavily on Twitter and Instagram, Liza is my other uh, traveling partner. Uh, We just did a whole tour with uh, Best Western and Toyota through Texas. And we got to eat in some of the finest restaurants that Texas has to offer. So we had our own little tour going. Yeah, I'm still running off the miles. And we had a great reunion, uh, obviously, in New York for Project Runway and Best Western, which was great. But... I, I wish I could be in New York right now. I'm not going to lie. What's the weather like out there, you guys? Cold. Wet. Cold, cold and snowy. And <laughs> snowy. That's perfect for winter. Life's so hard. We don't have any snow in Cali. Sorry. Just sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Liza, real quick, um, we have a project coming up December 9th. Talk about it real quick. Yes, we have a project. We actually have a Twitter party. We would love for everyone to join us. We're going to be talking about, you know, top five, the top five movie, and we want to actually kick it off tomorrow uh, because it is Thanksgiving. Whether you eat turkey or not, we would love to know, like, what's your number one thing you're grateful for? Pick one of your five that you're grateful for this year and send us a tweet uh, using top five movie, the hashtag top five movie, and then, of course, either use at XOXOLIZA or George or Leora, any one of us, because we would love to have you guys involved. We have, like, giveaways that are coming up. And it's all about just empowering one another and being there. I think specifically during this point of 
uh, this time of year, people forget, yeah, social media is great to connect, but not just to send out stuff, but to really connect with other people. And we love doing parties like this because it allows us to tap into not only our fans, but to also, like, new listeners. And Exactly. Thank you so much. So, yeah, again, that's uh, hashtag is top five movie um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. We're going to be doing the party on December 9th at 9 o'clock at night. And uh, we'll be giving away a bunch of giveaways. We're going to have a screening in some of the cities of the United States. And a uh, big shout-out to Chris Rock and Rosaria Dawson, who's a friend of the show. Uh, yes. For putting, you know, looking forward to that movie. Yeah, so that, that's one of the movies I have to see on opening night. So and thank I'm you guys not, for coming. I'm not hating if people want to send a Vine uh, and tag me at XOXOLiza and let me know. That would be fun, too. I was just with Rosario yesterday uh, for the announcement of the um, – Independent Spirit Awards. She and Diego Luna announced it. So I was very happy to see two Latinos taking over the stage, doing their thing, talking about the holidays. And the one thing we talked about is that we really have to be there to support one another. So share your stories. We want to know them. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in. All right. I'll I'll see you soon. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Bye. Yeah. She is so cool. I love her. She is definitely you a power level in country. Yeah, you know what? Liza is um is, is somebody who she actually helps run the Hispanicized LA group. Um, oh. She's really big in beauty and fashion. Um, she's done a lot of uh, a lot of TV over the years, so she's she's pretty cool. She's a pretty cool person to be with. And like I said, we've we've been traveling all over the place as of lately. Um, she was in an HBO movie with Al Pacino and Helen Mirren called Phil Spector, the, the, the life of Phil Spector. Uh, she's been on air uh, talent for Access Hollywood, Telemundo, Extra, Fox News, TV Guide Channel. She's been recording for U.S. Weekly, People Magazine. I mean, she's she's the she's the real deal. Her and Leora are just amazing, amazing social influencers, and I'm glad to have them as really good friends and travel companions. Of course, they make me look so good. You have no idea. They just yeah, really tall. Awesome. I just look. I just look really shrimpy around them. That's all. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for uh, for calling in, um, Jessenia. We really appreciate it. Um, no I hope problem. that I hope that um, when we do this reboot of Radio Capricool, that you uh, feel inclined to to share topic ideas with us and and help us, just like Vanessa did, become part of the discussion, but become part of the planning as well. Because there's a lot of topics that I know that you and I have discussed privately as friends. That we could definitely mm-hmm. bring that we could bring to the forefront and, and, and champion here on the show. So definitely, definitely. Thank you for having me tonight. So real quick, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Um, so find me on Facebook, uh, Jessenia Sabot, uh, Foodie Group. Um, I, my email is Jess at uh, Rio the Soul at Gmail dot com, um, or Rio the Soul dot com, and that's another website of mine. She fancy. She yeah. got two blogs. She <laughs> has two blogs. I'm she in fancy. culinary school. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I look forward to sampling some of your uh, creations pretty soon. Um, yes, definitely. And with that said, we're going to go into another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to really, really talk about, like, the business side of Thanksgiving, the uh, the dark side, so to speak. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. Black Friday and we're going to have George Acevedo here, who's going to talk about the history of the evolution of Black Friday. But also, we're going to get some feedback from some business owners about whether or not you know they open or close their businesses based on 
uh, the holiday and their commitment to the holiday. So we will be right back after these messages. And since we have so many powerful women on here, I want to play something that like kind of reflects that. Let's do let's do this right here. Here we go. We'll see you on the other side. Get back to business. Get back to business. 
Wepa, mi gente, we are back, and you are listening to the Copy Coast. Copy, <laughs> you're listening to the Copy Coos show. I had too much coquito. You are listening. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> you are listening to the Copy Coos show here on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm George Torres, your host, and I'm here with Vanessa Acevedo, and we're talking about everything Thanksgiving. I could never do a show like that. Uh, <laughs> you're I'm doing grateful okay, for the George, flexibility. You're doing okay. I am grateful for the flexibility to do a show on my own terms. How about that? Absolutely. And I'm so and I'm so I'm so incredibly proud of my team for carrying this show on for eight years. We are the first Latina talk show on the web. Very proud of that accomplishment. And like I said uh, before, in uh, January 2015, we're going to be rebooting the show, and we're going to um, deepen our commitment and integrate Capicu, uh the radio show into all the other different beautiful projects that we have, like the Cultural Collective, the Open Mic, the School of Poetic Art, et cetera, et cetera, which we'll talk about in a little while. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the day after Thanksgiving, the day after Uh tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, not the movie, not the flood, not, you know, the tsunami, but the day after tomorrow, which will be a flood of people looking for bargains, and stores and we have a little bit of a controversy because this year it seems like uh every year that goes by stores are opening up earlier and earlier they're opening up now just even before we get off the dinner table there's already stores open so it's kind of in some people's opinion kind of tarnishing what we are gathering for what do you think about that I mean, I know I've heard people have pros and cons on each side in terms of why it's good to have this, in terms of why it's not good to have this. I found this website when I was trying to look up who's open and who's not. It's theblackfriday.com, and they have the most comprehensive list of what's open and what's not for this year. And I'm scrolling through as you're talking. I don't know who Hastings Hastings is, but they're opening up at 1 p.m. this Thursday, tomorrow. Wow. So most of the places that are opening up tomorrow, the earliest is 4 and as late as 8, but they're opening up at 1 in the afternoon to start their shopping. Well, to help shed some light on some of these uh, business openings, closings, and the decision process that goes into finding out whether you're going to do either is our good friend George Luis Acevedo, a Brooklyn-born, raised in the Bronx, graduate of Bronx High School of Science, and he holds a Bachelor of Arts in degree uh, in mass communications from Lehman College. He's a very strong advocate for small business in the Bronx. He worked uh, for the Bronx Business Alliance at one point, and today he is at the Hunts Point Economic Development Bronx Women's Business Resource Center. Um, we want to welcome our good friend, Georgie Acevedo, a.k.a. Yoruba. What is it, Yoruba in the room? That's what it's at, right? Wepa Yoruba 7. <laughs> yeah. Good evening. How you guys doing? What's going on, Georgie? Well, I'm not as good as you. You're drinking some Coquito. I don't have any Coquito over here. Oh, my God. Big shout out to Flaco Coquito, who blessed me with Dulce de Leche Coquito. Wepa. Actually, it, which is a flavor that I really shouldn't be having at all. But don't tell nobody. Um, but, uh, no, really good flavor. I mean, you know what? I, I think that I've been doing well enough that I could do small things in moderation, uh, especially for the next couple of days. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to do some extra. Everything in moderation. It always helps. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
But you know, you, you just mentioned uh, Flaco Coquito, and, and that's um, a good one of the examples I was going to use of you know, with with Black Friday, everybody runs out to the big department stores, and not everybody, but a lot of people run out to the big department stores, encouraging them to to have all these big sales to bring people in, and it kind of diminishes. Um, the, the smaller businesses that you know support you year round, and um, you know, we've seen pictures in the past people lining up, crashing through glass doors to get a 60-inch uh, television to set, like if they're going to go out of style and they'll never have them again at that store. Uh, mm-hmm. But the products like uh, little, little little companies like Flaco Coquito, um, you, know, you had Nelson Gonzalez on before with his magazine. Um, you know, uh, little companies are the ones that end up doing most of the hiring in this country, and they kind of get lost on Black Friday. You know, remember that uh, from November through the end of December, for most businesses, it can be as much as 40 to 60% of what they make for the whole year. So wow. obviously the big guys want as much of it as possible. Um, you know, you had the, the young lady on before who's a, who's a vegan. Uh I work with a young lady, uh, Evelyn Vargas, who's a chef, and she makes desserts, and she makes a turkey cake. It literally looks like a turkey, and uh, you know we've been, she's been marketing it. And we went to an event, and this woman came up to me all excited, saying, "I need this for, for, for Thanksgiving. I have a whole bunch of vegan friends, mm-hmm. and they can actually have turkey, which is really the cake, for uh, for Thanksgiving." And that's the sort of the creativity that small business people can develop and and try to hold on to some of the dollars that are going to be spent during the holidays. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to tell you real quick that um in my family, my grandmother has a thing about every holiday having a cake. Mm-hmm. So the t- Thanksgiving has a turkey cake, Halloween has a pumpkin cake. Oh um, nice. Uh Easter has a rabbit cake. Like she's really big on doing that every year. Like so we had cakes for everything. So turkey cake sounds like uh, sounds traditional in my family. It's something I yeah. haven't had in a while since I've been up in New York. Yeah, uh, well, she actually sculpts it like a, like a turkey. She actually sculpts it. So, you, you know, you look at it from afar, you see the pictures, and it looks like a turkey. Like if you just took it out of the oven. So, yeah, mine, mine doesn't look mine, – mine was the Carvel turkey. I don't know if you – anyway. All right. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know if you remember that, but they – they used to have a little Carvel turkey cake that they, it was a flat cake. It was not yeah. not very look not very good looking, but you know. But yeah, so so Black Friday is happening. A lot of businesses are choosing to open, and it's there seems to be a disturbing trend in businesses opening earlier than than we're done with dinner, pretty much. Uh, so, I guess let's talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, I'm I'm old enough to remember when no stores were open on Sundays. Okay, um, and then that policy kind of got tossed out, and now with the holidays, again the big guys want to start getting the dollars as quickly as possible, and small stores then have to compete uh, with with the big guys, and they have to suddenly stay open. Um, although not all small businesses do, um, there's a guy up on on 207th Street in Broadway, uh, Manny Ramirez, who has uh, ditch up uh, pharmacy. And he closes now. This guy, and by the way, George, one day we have to go visit him. His pharmacy is uh, fully owned by him. He does everything from um, uh, poetry readings there, art shows, uh, yoga classes in the pharmacy. 
Okay, he gives back to the community twenty four seven. In fact, there was a a group, uh, there was a community of Jewish uh, uh, people who wanted who, who who didn't have a synagogue in the area, and Manny said, "Okay, listen, in the evenings you can have the have the basement and it's yours." And this guy gives back, and those are the people that we need to when we're going to spend our dollars. Um, look, um, Macy's is going to be open at six o'clock tomorrow. Okay, you can go to Macy's anytime you want. Um, you can get the same thing in any Macy's across the country. If you're going to give out something for the holidays, sometimes the small guys have have things that you've never seen before or are really unique. I mean, if, if somebody wanted to give a really unique gift, uh, I'm sure there's, there's a, a gentleman at uh, Cappy Cool who could probably put together a gift certificate for you and a T-shirt for the right price. Um, and I think that would be a really nice gift to give somebody if you know that they're interested in, in, in going to a live show. Um, you know, you have, you have businesses like the Casa Azul up on 103rd and Lex, which is a real community bookstore. Um, small restaurants in, 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 uh, like the south of France up in, in, on Westchester Avenue uh, in the Bronx, which consistently you know, go out of their way to give to the community, whether it's uh, holding fundraisers uh, for uh, uh, soldiers overseas, whether it's uh, domestic violence uh, uh, activities to, to, to develop greater awareness. You, know, you mentioned before uh, the Port Morris Distillery. Um, these are local guys who decided to set up their own distillery. They took their grandfather's uh, uh, pitoro recipe, and they're legally making pitoro up in the Bronx. Um, there are a number of businesses like that that, that deserve the support. The big guys are going to make the money, okay? And I understand we all want the 60-inch television screen, whether we need it or not, um, but I think it's more important to support small businesses. Now, American Express, interestingly enough, about the, in 2009, started this whole campaign of Shop Small Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh, and I believe they had it last year also, if you have an American Express card and you go on their webpage, there's a list of, of retailers. If you buy anything from those retailers and you spend $10, you get $10 back from American Express for, for three uses. So, that's kind of putting your mouth with, with you know uh, where your where your talk is. Uh, so if you have an Amex card, go on the Amex page, check out which stores in, in, in your community, which small businesses, uh, and you you might just want to shop on Saturday, and you know if you're going to spend money anyhow, you might as well get some money back. Um, the, that's the, really great, George. I mean, a lot of people don't know about Small Business Saturday. You know, it's yeah. all about Black Friday and Cyber Monday even. And it's interesting because I hear you talking about the benefits of shopping small business. And so what I'm curious about as someone who is about promoting small business in the realm of building up the community, where do we find the balance between the argument that nobody should be working on Thanksgiving because some people feel it takes away from the essence of being with family and being in gratitude and others who say, well, hey, I would love to get a double shift during the holidays. That's how I get my extra money. That's how I save up for my next, you know, rent check. Where do we find the the happy media war? Is there one at all to consolidate these two arguments? Well, I, I don't know a whole lot of people who are working on uh, on Thanksgiving evening who really want to be working on Thanksgiving evening. I mean, it is about economics, and they need the extra cash, but 
those businesses, if they didn't do the business on that day, would probably do it during the next 30 days of the holiday. And they probably mm-hmm. wouldn't stay open later. And so you may not get the um, the three extra hours on Thanksgiving, but you'd probably end up getting it through the rest of the uh, the the rest of the 30 days of the holidays, that's the celebration that goes on. Um, you know what? That's a really good point. I mean, I you're talking about one day, right, in the holiday season, stretch it on for much longer than that. Yeah, and the idea that you have to start shopping immediately after you've, you know, stuffed your face with some turkey. You know, somebody said before, you know, we, we overeat at the holidays. Well, we also overspend sometimes at the holidays. And Absolutely. And the incentive to... Again, to run in, the reason why the big stores offer the 60-inch the, the screen TV at basically cost is because they know once you're there, you're going to suddenly say, oh, wait a minute, they have the sneakers. I need sneakers. Oh, I need the coat. Uh, oh, wait a minute, i got to get insurance on this TV, don't I? I've got to get a warranty uh, extension on it. That's where they make their money. Um, mm-hmm. they, lost, they put out lost leaders. They put out things that they know they're not going to make any profit on just to drag you into the store. I don't know that it has to be immediately after you've uh, eaten some turkey or you've been with some family. The idea yep. is it's a family holiday. Yep. And then actually, uh, I was looking at uh, Best Buy's uh, circular, and they're they're doing like uh, something insane, like a seventy-two inch or sixty-inch screen for two hundred dollars. Yeah. But they only have five. Wow. So they're gonna they're gonna get each store is gonna have like two thousand people outside waiting to go inside and practically kill each other to be one of those five lucky people that are going to get that TV for 200 bucks. And then they feel burnt. I'm online with you to get in there, and now we can't get the TV, so now we feel like we've been taken. And But we're here already, so maybe we should buy, oh, this one's on sale, so I'll pick up that one. Um, I think it defeats the purpose of uh, of trying to develop a, a positive community out there. Um, but that's, you know, I work with the Bronx Women's Business Resource Center. We, we, we talk, in fact, it's interesting, because George Torres, uh, Bobby Gonzalez, Nelson, who called in, and Flora have all been, are all clients of ours. Um, mm-hmm. We've all, you know, advised in one shape, manner, or form. Um, exactly. We believe in, we believe in small businesses, are the way to go. It allows people to be entrepreneurial. It allows them to give back to their communities. Uh, and that's important. Absolutely. And I love the uh, the Resource Center. It's been very, very helpful to me, and I'm sure it's going to continue to be as we grow. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> so I have a comment I have a comment here from a young lady from um, Orlando, Florida. Yeah. And uh, she is actually really pissed off and I can't fully uh, express what she's saying, uh, but the gist of what she's saying, based on the language, um, is that she's kind of pissed off at people who keep talking about boycotting Black Friday, boycott Black Friday, because of the fact that they don't understand that she's struggling as it is to work for one of the world's biggest retailers, trying to get, you know, trying to pay her bills and trying to make uh, her ends meet and, uh, you know, she, you know, she's concerned about this social media craze about boycotting Black Friday actually getting some ground where she may not be able to make the hours that she needs to be able to fill, to feed her family. So it's kind of like her Black Friday, in other words. She makes a lot of her money working, you know, time and a half or double time. So are you hearing a lot of that as well? Um, 
Not as not as much, but I'm sure that there was. And again, this is New York. I'm in New York, so it's a different world than it is in other parts of the country, where um, uh, the the economy may be a little wackier uh, than it is here. Um, but I, I think one has to look at the bigger picture, and if the bigger picture is that this is a this should be a day, I think of reflection on on the things that that you you have, the things that that you the, the 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 beauty in your life, the the uh, family and friends that you have. Um, if it's just going to be a two minute, hey, thanks for being there. Got to get out of here because they're selling the the Ciroc at the liquor store at half price. You kind of defeat the purpose of of what this holiday should mean. Um, similar to saying that it's the Fourth of July, but it's okay for me to uh, you know uh, uh, only buy products that come from overseas. You kind of defeat the purpose if if you want to really build an audience. And I think for the businesses, for the big businesses, I think they need to rethink it. There were a number of companies this year that decided not to open up uh, on on Thanksgiving Day. Um, That's true. You know, I think Costco was one of them, and um, they're beginning to say, you know what, maybe I get more favor from people. I'm, they're going to sell anyhow. People are going to buy. Um, yep. We're, we're going online more to check out pricing a lot more aggressively, uh, which, you know, Cyber Monday, everybody starts ordering stuff to have it uh, in time for Christmas. Uh, and we, when we look at prices and we look at things, so for that, for that particular individual who's upset because she's not going to get an extra three hours of uh, overtime, again, I think long-term she will. You know, if the store, if the stores decide not to open up uh, aggressively at six in the morning and stay open for 24 hours and four, I think I think Kmart's actually staying open for 42 hours. Believe it or not. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> but you yeah. know what I'm hearing from both you as well as, and I've heard this from George Torres as well. In 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 a different respect, when he's talked to me about business, is that it is possible to mix business into the community fabric in a healthy way that doesn't undermine community itself, right? So, yeah. for example, you're saying, you know, shop small business, market, look at the different ways that they can provide you with unique items that larger chains can't, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be on Thanksgiving. There's so many other days to be shopping for these holidays and no, so many more the- options to take up on. So, you know, we can't really mix the two. It doesn't have to be one versus the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm about to I'm about to actually share a link. Um, we have to wrap it up, but uh, I want to share a link in the chat room that um, one of our partners uh, at Capico Futuvision is actually um, put together a virtual mall of small businesses on Facebook as an event, and they're basically sharing links from different small businesses uh, and their websites so you can shop and support them during the holiday. So I thought that was pretty cool, something that we should definitely share. Um, Georgie, real quick, just let people know how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in opening or starting their business or even growing their business. Sure. They can give me a call Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, at 718-933-7479 or uh, 718-933-7469, and uh, we will set up an appointment uh, and have you come in. We will sit down with you. The services are free. Um, uh, That said, if you're incorporating, if you're going for an LLC, uh, that's you, there are fees involved with that, but we don't touch any money. Uh, we're here to 
be a resource to help people uh, who want to start businesses, people who are in businesses, business and are having difficulties, to try and find them, find them the solutions. Uh, the one thing that I uh, stress over and over again to people who want to start a business is that they really need to put together a business plan. Um, if you have a yeah. business plan, you at least know what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and before you spend one penny, you have an idea whether or not you're going to make some money in, in the operation, or at least you have a plan to make some money in the operation. If I had a nickel for everybody who suddenly decided they're going to, they're going to do online uh, sales and they get the web page, and, of course, they don't know how to do web design, and they didn't realize they were going to pay somebody to do the web design, and they didn't realize that the distributor wasn't going to give them the, uh, the the goods to sell online for free, and they didn't realize that they needed to have a line of credit in case they suddenly saw an opportunity at a trade show in Las Vegas yeah. and they need to go out there. So, yeah. you know, um, they can give me a call. They can reach me on, on Facebook, George Luis Acevedo. Um, I'll be glad to, to uh, sit with them and discuss with them. And they should also know that there are a lot of resources like ours, Small Business Development Center, uh, SCORE, uh, there are a number of other agencies out there that offer uh, assistance uh, under the guidance of the uh, Small Business Administration of the United States government Thank and under the uh, Economic Development Corporation of New York. Thank you so much, George. I, I really have um, to go. I'm sorry. But, uh, all right. Listen, have so a wonderful holiday. All right, guys? You, you do the same. You too. Take care. Thank Let's you. Take Be good. Take so care. we have – thank you. So we have three minutes left on the clock, and I want to make sure that we wrap up uh, so that all of our live listeners could hear this. Sometimes we go a little over, and, you know, it's still in the recording, but since you're live, we want to make sure you get all the information. You have about 30 seconds to talk about the Army of Lit Angels. Go. Sure. The Capicu Culture um, Group has something called La Sopa NYC, which is the School of Poetic Art. And we're in our second semester, so what we do is we have two classes. Um, one is on writing, the other one is on performance. And we sit there and we get taught and we build up our skills. The Army of Lit Angels is how we are going to honor Miguel Algarín's um, chapter on New Yorican Angels. We're writing our own New Yorican Angel style poems and presenting them at the New Yorican Poets Cafe on Friday, December 19th at 7 p.m. And oh, we're just we're gonna come and blow up that stage. So you definitely want to be there. Absolutely, and you did it in thirty seconds. Wow. Okay. And the other thing uh, I want to let you guys know is that OmarLopezPhoto.com uh, is having all kinds of different promotions on holiday promotions for your family portraits. We just did a great event for them uh, where we had a, a big giveaway, and the pictures were phenomenal. So you have to check them out. OmarLopezPhoto.com. Let them know that Capicu sent you. We also are hosting a special event uh, on Saturday uh, on 65th Street and 4th Avenue in Brooklyn. It's a special day for the family. Santa Claus will be there to take photos with you. We'll have a grilled cheese truck, toy soldiers that, that dance, and even an arts and crafts table. Uh, all different types of social media. The hashtag that you want to follow is Call Me Cricket. It's sponsored by Cricket Wireless. I will be in, in attendance, um, you know, helping them out there. Uh, so look forward to seeing you all there. And last but not least, Flaco Coquito, Cookies Treats, we love you. Um, wow, what else, what else, what else? Um, <laughs> like, Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener that is act, that, that, that just feels strong and passionate enough about the brand that you would step up to the plate and become part of it. I really appreciate you. I hope that you're with us for a very long time. Uh, I look forward to future produced segments and, uh, you know, 
Congratulations, you made it. Thank you, George, for this opportunity. I mean, the reason that I'm so committed is because, wow, I found a place where being loving and compassionate and proactive and productive and positive were celebrated and were needed. And so you've really given me a space to live as who I am and who I want to be. So, you know, I'm glad we found each other, and I'm not going anywhere. Absolutely. And with that, we do the ceremonial. Capico. Here we go. Yeah. It's a wrap, me, Good night, everyone. See you in two weeks.